Welcome to Not the Only Kids in Law Podcast, the podcast where we talk about episodes of Kids in Law. That's me and Jared and uh, May Lutkin, who today has her, she, she, today's recording, her book came out. Oh my God, you're Hunter. holding I, up a copy, a copy of my book. I know you Woo! can't hear that listeners, but thank you. <laughs> now, May, I know you've been hesitant to promote this, this book of yours on this pod, mostly because you don't want to associate this just trash podcast with your, you know, actual achievement. Um... But we, we, we can't ignore this. I mean, it's it's out there. It's published. We have to talk about it, right? I don't really feel like we need to talk about it here. No? I feel like this is a, <laughs> this is a space we're talking Continue about. Continue to ignore? Hall. I don't know. All right. Also, well, whatever. Maybe, like maybe we'll be doing listeners And listeners, if you haven't bought a copy of my That's book That's two yet, sales. It's out. Please go and buy it. It has my name on it. And you can, like, write some messages on Goodreads about how much we suck. <laughs> <laughs> have you experienced uh, but, some negative criticism you don't want to talk about have this. i um, i'm not about the book yet but maybe i will i'm sure there's always negativity out there that's part of the joy of life mm. right <laughs> but uh speaking of being out there we have an amazing guest today excellent transition his name is we do have an amazing zach guest. cherry he's a man who many people will probably recognize if they saw him i don't know but you won't be seeing him on this. You won't be seeing him today, so we'll see if you can put a face to the voice. Welcome, Zach. Hi. I have Woo. a copy of your book, too, but it's in the other room. Otherwise, I would show it. Oh my, yeah, I believe that. But no one could see it anyway, as we've discussed. So, But I do have it. Oh, thank you, Zach. I believe you. Uh, I'll prove it later. <laughs> Zach, we, we all got to know you from doing comedy with you at uh ucb and other places what, what's uh are you still doing any comedy these days or is it all pretty much gone because everything's closed down uh i i'm not currently there was a brief window of a few months where i was doing a little live comedy again um where it felt you know safe enough uh and then our friend omicron came to town and i uh i've been kind of you know, hermiting up again a little bit since then. So not right now, but you know, maybe soon again. I don't know. Hopefully, it's we're in a weird limbo period for that. No, I did think Nick was taking a really long. I, he of he does appear <laughs> Nick is to frozen be frozen on the screen with like a water Nick shoving. Is in either his mouth. frozen or performing a cool magic trick <laughs> where someone just holds the bottle horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not a magic trick. You just keep his mouth closed. He could pull this off. It's impressive. I wonder it's if we cool, should check in with him or just kind of let things. Oh, oh. <laughs> Zach oh, is go. the host now. Just told He's me. Oh, wow. <laughs> You've been here for two minutes and you're the host. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I of course know the format by heart, and uh, I'm happy to sort of move things along as usual. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things we like to ask people, Zach, is uh, do you have any history or familiarity with the show? Did you watch Kids in the Hall growing up? Anything like that? I I do not and did not really. I obviously heard of it as a as a, someone in and around sketch comedy. Um, but no, I hadn't really. I don't think I'd ever watched it. And when you sent me the link to the video, that was the first time I'd ever seen it like k-i-t-h like kith right and i and i and i was like was that on purpose is there some type of kith pun with the name i don't know <laughs> so no i don't have a long history with kids in the hall the acronym threw you yeah it it certainly surprised me you know what i just mm-hmm. realized what would be a good name for our podcast would be the long kith good night wouldn't that be <laughs> that's good that's, that's um, good yeah. that's condescending okay. i think did we <laughs> No, it's not. No, no, no. Good. Genuine. Genuine. I liked it. <laughs> I really did. I think Kith and Tell was out there. Yeah. And so that might have scared us off from Kith and or Kith or using Kith as Kiss. That's right. Um, now I remember. Oh, that's another podcast. Yes. That's um, right. So or it's something. Yeah. Another something. Gotcha. An- another something. Yeah. Um, To follow up with your uh, answer so you didn't know kids in the hall but did you have like a sketch show or anything you thought of as like your fundamental comedy uh start as a young person or an older person maybe you weren't funny until recently i don't know 
Um, <laughs> not really, honestly. I, you know, whenever I think about what even got me into comedy, like media wise, I don't really have a strong answer. I, I never really was like an SNL watcher or Mad TV. Like I saw all of them, but I was never like super big into them. Um, you know, Chappelle show. I, I liked when that came out and key and peel. I liked a lot when that came out. And, but though that, by the time those came out, I was already like into performing in some way or another. So they didn't really like bring me to it. Hmm. So I don't really have like a formative sketch Sure. Thing. So if you, when you say, go ahead and me. Oh, I was just curious, like, you know, so you got into performing through another place, I guess. So what brought you to performing? I just always did like, you know, the shows at school or I went to a, uh, like performing arts summer camp when I was in middle school or whatever. So I just did that kind of stuff, like high school plays and, and any type of performing I was allowed to do as a youth. <laughs> Um, Nick, cool. we were just so talking it was mostly, to, sorry, I just yeah. want to catch Nick up, but we were just talking to Zach about how, what he knows about Kids in the Hall, which is nothing, and what he thought was <laughs> yeah. funny growing up, and the answer is he was just like a child savant performer. <laughs> well, I don't know if that was the answer. <laughs> it's a gross misrepresentation of what he said. <laughs> So Zach, you weren't you weren't you were doing mostly just straight up acting as opposed to I mean, what was your first variety into comedy? Was it it was UCB and improv and stuff like that? Or? No, no, I I I started doing like improv in middle school. Like this, oh wow, they they this performing arts camp I went to had in the afternoons. In the mornings, you either had to do singing, dancing, or acting, and then in the afternoons <laughs> you had um you had uh, electives, and there was an improv elective. So I, I did that and became super into that. And then they also had a improv class in my high school and these kinds of things. Um, so I got, I got into actually improv kind of early, but not like from being super into a, a formative piece of media. Hmm. I what, stum- so, stumbled on it. So did you ever watch like SNL? Like, uh, we covered that, uh, Nick. I, I did. Okay. I think probably like... Um, talk shows more you know i would like watch conan, conan or or leno or whoever was on but i didn't have one who was like my person i wasn't like this is the really? one i love i just oh, would have them on mm. I, I felt I, so I emotionally attached to, to conan who, who was yours nick letterman i mean oh. conan too but letterman was really my guy Mm-hmm. Amay, what did you want? And Amay, who, which white male host were you most attached? <laughs> I know this might be shocking to hear, but I did not feel emotionally attached to any late night people huh? at all, <laughs> ever. I've never felt that way. I find the format really like bizarre, um, old timey. It feels like this like almost vaudevillian thing at this point, but it's so entrenched in our culture; yeah. it's like never going away. It's insane that those shows are still being done the, almost the same exactly. way. Exactly. It is. Um, it is you know, like, I think there was, like, a period where they kept trying to launch new shows with, like, female leads, like a female-led kind of talk show, and they would always bomb, and they're, you know, this is very anti-feminist of me, so if any women are listening, I feel betrayed, I'm sorry. But I feel like there's Here always this, like, narrative where women they're like, rants they again. don't want to see a woman lead a talk show. And it's like, no, it's just that talk shows are pretty boring, and the ones that stand are, like, have been on for 50 fucking years or they're like really weird or right. they have some niche, niche thing that, it, you know, appeals to a specific audience, but you can't just do a broad reaching new talk show out of nowhere. Like, I don't think it's going to work the same way. Late night talk show. Anyway, that's my bad opinion, but I'm sure I've been trying to pitch <laughs> the Jared Emick show and it hasn't worked out. Maybe this is why I say I start with a monologue and then I have these celebrity guests and they always look at me like, this is <laughs> like, how did I get here? What is my publicist doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to point out. I Nick... think it sounds interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Zach. <laughs> Zach is in Thank you. When um, Nick froze, he had a bottle of water. When he came back to join us again, he had a wine glass full of <laughs> Chardonnay. <laughs> so he had enough time when he both. was resetting his Wi-Fi to get a new beverage. <laughs> I still got both. I also had a cup of coffee earlier. I brought wow. beverages wow. to the record. It's like a speedball. You got some wine bringing you down. You got some coffee yeah. bringing you up. I mean, look at you. You're all over the place. Yeah, I was, I was feeling very tired. I was like, I got to have a cup of coffee. But also... 
you know, I'm chilling with my friends. I want to have a glass of wine, <laughs> but also I might get parched. I want some water. So I brought three beverages. <laughs> I knocked out the coffee right away. Uh, so I'm ready to go, guys. Hey, what do you say we dive into the yeah. episode? Let's like, do it, I'm man. So hyped up. Let's do it. Let's go back to October 30th, 1990. Uh, the The world was uh, was uh, pre- getting prepared for Halloween. <laughs> Uh, 1990 <laughs> Halloween. Your jack o' lanterns are out. <laughs> well, what are, what are the most popular razors costumes? Then I wonder. Um, in 1990? Yeah, 1990. Well, if it helps, if it helps you speculate, the mm-hmm. number one movie at the box office that 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 day was Jacob's Ladder. So, <laughs> okay, so lots of ladders, probably. Lots of ladders. Um, Jacob, some Jacobs, probably. sure. But uh, uh, number one on the music charts in America, Black Cat by Janet Jackson. Mm. Okay. Wow. Miss Jackson, if you are nasty. And with the that Super Bowl coming up, that, this is a that nice break, break from all the Phil Collins that we usually get in this era. <laughs> Absolutely. Phil Any- Collins dominated the charts in the, in the, kid, the era of the kids in the home. Are you a <laughs> Janet Jackson fan? <laughs> I, I mean, in, in passing, sort of. I'm not... <laughs> Not a not a completist. Well, how about George Michael, who was uh, number one in Canada with the song? Wow, that's important context because the kids in the hall are Canadian, right? <laughs> yeah. That's correct. Yes, yes, yes. Big George Michael fan? Yeah, yes or no? Um, <laughs> no, same. <laughs> yes or no? We gotta move. I, I like some of the hits. But <laughs> Okay, well, I think we're. Do you have any more uh, 1990 costume guesses? Maybe Home Alone, the Home Alone kid? Ooh. Macaulay Culkin? Sure, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. He has a name. Um, Easy costume. He has <laughs> a name. Smack your face. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, when, when did. Uh, I, I keep thinking of the Jim Carrey movies, but none of those came out, right? That was like mid 90s. Much right? later, much later. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe what Earth was the, Girls Are Easy, but that would be the only one. What was like the big comedy in theaters? In like 1990, weekend of Bernie. Is that Bernie's? people dressing that... like co- com- like comedy characters for Halloween? I don't know if that's... what about Bernie. We, what weekend at Weekend at Bern- Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Is, isn't that like 89? How would you go ki- trick or treating as Bernie? You're like all frumped <laughs> over, like your friends are carrying you. You know, like you go, like you just do yeah, the movie that, basically. That's a group. Uh, you know, it would be it's really smart though to take a real dead body and then you get candy for three people mm. split between two people. Ooh, yeah, smart and definitely worth it. Yeah. You make the dead guy okay. say, I don't want candy. I'm particularly hungry. <laughs> you get a ton of candy. Because <laughs> who knows? All right, let's watch this show. Some 19. Let's do it. <laughs> you don't want me to talk about some 1990? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. You. I didn't know you were looking if it you up. If you have it, I love to yeah. know. Okay, let's see. Uh, another 48 hours. Oh, okay. Back, Back to the Future 3. Uh, uh, Ernest goes to jail. I could see Ernest being a costume. Dick Tracy. Oh, that's oh, yeah. everybody was Dick Tracy. That's oh, there you go. There you go. We hit we hit the mother load. I'm sure everyone ghost was dad. Dick. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Ghost dad. versus Volcano. Kindergarten cop. Probably a lot of people are kindergarten cops. All right, guys. I, I that coffee really did <laughs> get me all jazzed up. <laughs> um, You're doing great, Nick. Okay. I gotta hmm. consult my notes real quick. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I want to pull up the perfect timestamp for a clip from this first sketch. Which is uh, called, at least on Wikipedia, it's called Second Novel. So let's watch a clip from this first sketch from season two, episode six of Kids in the Hall. I'm a writer. I would now like to read to you from my novel. It is semi autobiographical, based on my experience over the past 10 years in trying to write this book. The Heavy Pen, (laughs) Chapter One. The night fell like. Uh, uh, oh, let's see, like, um, 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 ooh. I thought this was a funny idea, but my my thing was, there was like about a minute and a half of unnecessary and boring setup. Like, if the sketch had started where I started that clip, I think it would have been so much better than, like, having this guy being introduced by a boring character <laughs> and then give about 30 seconds of boring setup himself. Right. It was just 
It well, they tried a few jokes with Foley at the top that just kind of yeah. didn't really work and went really slow. No, I agree. I also thought the ending was very weird. There was this weird kind of like the crowd just started screaming and it was clearly like someone flashed the applause sign because like McDonald was in the middle of his thing. Um, well, let's watch, and, let's and then watch you just the hear ending. like a shriek and it ends. I was kind of worried something happened. Chapter two. Um, 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 come on, come on. Um, um, use a radio stick. Let's watch that. Yeah, it was pretty. Abrupt. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, I will say I felt I felt a bit jarred by almost every ending of, of every sketch during this episode. But yeah, that one is particularly out of nowhere. Well, uh, so Zach, what this was your introduction to Kids and All? What did you think this first sketch? I I liked this first sketch. It made me laugh, and I and I did think to myself like, oh, this actually for the most part for the most part feels pretty like contemporary even in terms of like like you could write almost this exact same sketch about George R. Martin today you know and and put it out and it would feel relevant and I also even thought kind of like the sense of humor felt pretty contemporary so I was like oh like maybe maybe every sketch is going to feel like this and I I did not continue to feel (laughs) but but it was a good start I, I was like oh I'm enjoying this and I do want to point out that you said for the most fart at yes. first, and then you corrected yourself and said, <laughs> "No, I, I did that on purpose. That was all part of it. That was all." Yeah, sorry, I was, was la- I was it. laughing. I knew I knew that was a joke. I was inspired by the kids. <laughs> I, uh, I made I you like this one. It. it made me laugh, but maybe it's because I just released a book. So he was like, <laughs> he said something about like, I wonder how that got in my brain. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> Um, the screaming at the end, I think, because like it could have just gone on and on and on like that. Like they weren't gonna, they didn't know when the sketch yeah. was in. It had no button. Right, but I mean, it, it was so sudden. You yeah. felt like it was clearly cued by someone. Yeah, or they something. need that applause sign that's like builds up slowly. You know, it's like, <laughs> right, like a dimmer on the applause sign, right? Because yeah. <laughs> he was still going while they started applauding. Right, like right. he was still talking. They were politely <laughs> watching and waiting screaming. indefinitely to see what would happen. Yeah. Uh, Zach, did you watch the the, the opening credits here? What did you? Think I did. Of I watched everything. Uh, it felt also fairly contemporary, and I also did keep thinking because I, I, I knew they were in Canada. I kept thinking whatever part of Canada they're in kind of feels like my neighborhood here in New York. Yeah. Like there were a couple shots where I was like, "Oh wait, is that like is this New York?" Um, but I did watch the opening credits. Uh, uh, but no, um, no big surprises hidden in there. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I think it's Toronto, which is probably as close to New York as Canada gets. That makes sense. Where, uh, where, where in New York are you living, Zach? I'm in Brooklyn, in Bushwick, so not really okay. the Toronto-iest part. But there were there were just some <laughs> flashes of of you know familiar vibes. What what is the strategy. most Toronto-iest part of New York? That's a good question. Uh, I guess Have you been, the, I've never the been the Raptors to Raptors come to town. <laughs> that's right. That's a that's always a huge event when the Raptors come to town. Um, have yeah, you, have you guys been to? The, I I have not been to Toronto. Have, have any have. have any of the three of I us? Feel like we've had I have. You have. I have. Okay. I, I, well, I, let's I, talk to Zach then, because we definitely haven't talked to Zach <laughs> about it. <laughs> I I have been to Toronto. Uh, I did enjoy my time there. I did see the Raptors there, um, <laughs> uh, and it did. It felt kind of like a smaller quieter um a little bit more sterile new york like some parts of mm. like manhattan um but i didn't spend a ton of time there yeah they do shoot there to for to make like a pretend new york right that they'll, they'll they'll shoot new york scenes there all the time yeah I, I, were you I, shooting a, a movie there or something i was shooting uh i was shooting a quibi at the time <laughs> oh wow you oh, were nice. in a quibi this quibi. was this yeah. was during the quibi era yeah, yeah. Did you see that piece about CISO coming out? I feel like Quibi's uh, next mm. for a vulture piece. I did, yeah, but we got to wait like 10 years yeah. before the Quibi. There's too many people <laughs> who are so powerful that versus you. <laughs> well, let's watch a little bit from this next sketch called Baboon. What was that? George the Baboon. He's obviously in pain. Let's go. Free him. Wait, Shona. First, let's go over the plan. There is no plan, Ozone. Right. <laughs> Forget the plan. Let's go. Huh. 
so this is like a sketch about uh three kind of uh hippie not maybe not hippie but like, like PETA uh, activists right yeah, PETA activists trying to steal a baboon um it did strike me as like something that could still work today at least like the characters like th this is like oh yeah i guess people still make fun of these types of people and these types of people still do exist but mm -hmm. it definitely is, i do think like, the idea of breaking animals out of a lab felt very 90s um specific. it did yeah 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 i mean but, it felt I, but yeah. is that is that why is that because people like <laughs> There still are. I think that's just like lands, an archetype right? thing. Like I think that's just scenes that people are used to in movies of like you know whatever like liberal pro like you said PETA protesters breaking out the animals. I mean it was interesting where they said like the I think McCullough mentions like oh it's the shampoo like lipstick uh, something you know that they're testing it on the animals and that got a big like pop from the crowd. I don't, I don't yeah, I wrote there this, were a few in moments in the sketch where I was, where I was like, like, what's happening here? Yeah, I wrote in Why the notes, I was like, the audience has an inconsistent morality because they seem to like randomly yes. be for them and against them and back and forth. Um, there's actually this episode of another podcast called Citations Needed. This is about to get more serious than I probably should, but it's like all about how it's a very common thing in the media to make fun of anybody who protests like climate change, uh, environmental destruction, like these types of characters are tropes. And like, basically their theory is that it's a larger, um, you know, media effort. Government to, like, control operation. Yeah, basically like yeah. to discredit any of these movements. <laughs> Not that PETA doesn't do shit all the time. That's totally fucking ridiculous and doing it to themselves. It was like an op. <laughs> so it was like kind of disappointing to see them do it, but it did make me laugh. Like the characterizations that they shows for themselves as performers i thought were pretty funny are you Espe suggesting that Bruce, they're in the pocket Bruce's... of you know big shampoo well it's like how stuff? i mean i don't know that you have to be in somebody's pocket to like adapt to the cultural norms of making fun of people for caring about animals you know like <laughs> like maybe it's no, and, and i think uh, i think especially like i think like especially in the 90s and at, at this era there was like this kind of uh, very like a uh, slacker ethos of just like not really caring about anything that was kind of that oh was yeah it's like gen x in the audience care. all laughing about how nothing matters yeah <laughs> now, right. and i'm sure like the kids in the hall like sympathize with that with uh and maybe maybe i shouldn't presume but i i, I do I, I mean they all seem very like leftist people i assume they were not they were opposed to like testing of products on animals but they were still making fun of the people that went out of the way to try to stop it. I was going to say that I really like, you, you mentioned the characters of me. I really liked the way Bruce McCullough played the, the character, his character. Yeah. I also uh, think Mark the, McKinney delivered with his like baboon ass comments. <laughs> yeah. The baboon ass <laughs> that was, funny. Was, was what was working for me. That was got me every time. <laughs> oh, should there we watch? I think that's coming up yeah. right here. We can watch a little bit of this baboon ass sure. clip. Oh, oh God, oh. what a reach. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you see his ass? Oh. I thought he'd be a lot happier to see us. But a baboon, it's like all ass. Yes. <laughs> that feels like a very modern way to phrase that. It's all ass. Like that, yeah. that feels like a joke that I would hear like today, basically. Um, whereas some whereas the phrase, the phrase "what a reek" does not feel. <laughs> that almost so seems modern. old for the '90s. I'm not sure where that. Yeah. Came. No, to me that sounds very '90s. That sounds like something I, I don't know, like Beavis and Butthead would say. What a reek. Or like... <laughs> <laughs> what, what, Zach, what did you think of the sketch overall? Did it feel really dated to you? Um, no, but it did start to sort of crack my facade of confidence. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, I, and also I think. I was a little, uh, I wasn't entirely sure what the um, kind of like primary game of the sketch was, whereas the first one was pretty clear. It was like, you know, this author who's writing about writer's block and then it's just him literally doing that. This one I was, I, I was like, oh, okay, it's funny that this guy like has no idea he's never seen a baboon's ass before but he's like he's like a you know animal activist guy so that i thought was very funny but then it kind of there were a lot of different things going on in this one that uh and then things like what a reek sort of and the audience's reaction to what a reek you know took me out of it a bit and made me go like okay i'm not really on the same page you know 
Yeah, I thought the game, I was trying to pin it down, of, and I guess like disgusted monkey rescue or like disgusted by monkey monkey rescue or something like that. Like, I thought, the, I, thought, the, the, I, thought ju- I thought just maybe like uh, animal activists that are out of their depth. Out of their depth. Like, okay. Well, have, like, isn't it, every maybe haven't encountered actual animals? Right. Maybe maybe it never pattern. seen an animal before. There's something like they that. Ha- they had the repeated pattern of like we don't have a plan. Okay, now we all go. Oh, now you go. You know, like they they kept repeating yeah. that idea of not having a plan and then trying something and then it not working. But I'm not really sure. It bordered you know, exactly on either. like dumb. <laughs> dumb you yeah. know like uh monkey uh you know uh, rescuers or something so that yeah. which is obviously a bad game but i agree about these reactions they were all over there's one point where mccullough talks about like burning the american flag as a joke and like it's a huge applause exactly the crowd. I'm like, <laughs> like what? what is happening i guess they're I, canadian I, well, maybe they just hate america and not patriotism. Oh, maybe that's what it is <laughs> oh boy i mean damn. in the 90s that, it was a big there were, in the 90s like burning flags was a big deal like whether that should be like, uh, a, a, uh, but like a big deal in a good way, <laughs> like it would, it would get such a positive reaction. No, I think it was just like it's something people talked about a lot. You know, it's controversial. I guess, right? right. It yeah, was like the freedom like, of speech. Freedom. Yeah, right. Thing. Right. Well, yeah, let's watch a little bit going from on this. Case. Let's. Oh yeah, I mean it's very. I mean the nineties were a political time. I no, I know, like but now. when I, upon first watch, I just didn't. Yeah, right. I, I, it, it was just. It struck me as sillier, I guess. Now, the more I think about it, the more I'm probably missing the fact that they were, you know, directly hitting on a bunch of stuff happening in the Times. Well, let's watch a little bit from this next sketch called Hair Loss. (laughs) Excuse me. Yes, sir? I seem to have lost my hair. Yes, I can see that. No, I mean just now. Oh, I see. You've lost your wig. No, when I came in here, I had a full head of hair, and when I got up to leave, I was bald. Did you check your table, sir? Yes, I did. It's not there. Um, yeah, you guys both like this one? Zach, what did you think of this one? I, I did like this one. Once I once I figured out what, where it was going, that he didn't lose his wig, he lost his actual hair, I was on board. There was a, there was a brief tortilla detour that... Um, <laughs> That confused, but did uh, tickle me a bit, and then I I did really enjoy the kind of payoff of of the the end there. Yeah, I love the idea that uh, Kevin McDonald's character he just wanted a second head of hair, like he just put yeah. he already had hair, but he put the other hair on top of his own hair. Yeah, I was almost thinking would it would be funny for him to like try to put a bald cap on and his like real hair is sticking out of it because it's just so intense. Like, and then there's a hair on top of that, but maybe that is kind of a literal hat on a hat type of thing. I don't know. I it was just almost almost too silly to have the hair on the hair cuz his hair is so big. It was like at first glance it didn't read. I was like, "What? Oh, I see. He's got the wig on his head." It was just so much weird hair. Maybe I'm just being a stickler. Uh, what did you I think of me? I mean, it really made me laugh, honestly, but I I did write this note to myself where I was like this is one of those sketches where people are acting crazy, but it's working. <laughs> I think they have a lot of sketches where people are just like behaving very yeah. bizarrely. Everyone's going along with it. And sometimes they really don't work in these episodes, but this one I think does. I work. think it works because even though it's bonkers, it's it's, it's underplayed with such seriousness. And I think they treat and it all very their like, actions are. Yeah, totally. The actions are very real. This is exactly what would happen, kind of, if you were like in a restaurant trying to find something you lost. So I think that's what makes it work, maybe. Is exactly. They, they map well. it on to a real life situation very well, very accurately. Every question and kind of move is, is very funny. I love this moment where Thompson <laughs> goes back to the kitchen, uh, you know, with, with Foley and they're with McCullough. And he kind of just like <laughs> dumps the trash like in front of McCullough's for him to go sorting through. <laughs> yeah. very good. And there's a lot of subtle, fun, weird, small moves in this that I really liked. I really liked the choice they made at the end for when he finally got his hair back to not have him put a wig on top of the bald cap, but to have him take the bald cap off and it be his real hair again. I That, for some reason, was a really like satisfying <laughs> moment for me. Um, a little movie when it panned back magic. to him. Yeah, I mm. really liked that. Um, Zach, did you ever watch Monty Python? Was that ever part of your, your comedy diet? Uh, bits and pieces. I, I saw... You know the the search for the Holy Grail 
I think many times and have no memories really of it. Um, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I really only watched a little bit of it too. But I, Jared is our Monty Python expert. He's kind of well, a I'm, Python historian. I, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but sure. I, I wrote I like down it Python-esque. I wrote down Python-esque about this one. Do you think that's accurate, Jared? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit, it evokes the kind of, uh, they had a dinner scene in kind of a similar dining room in that movie, The Meeting of Life, and um, they also do this well. John Cleese kind of played the role of Foley here, and like a very kind of serious, straight-ahead, understated waiter, even though what he's looking at is completely bonkers, so... Um, yeah, I, I I would say that there's a little bit. I mean, this 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 still is 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 fabulous with the uh, tortilla on the head. You you yeah, didn't like this, Zach, or you, you did? I I did. I just I wasn't expecting it right. as the next kind of beat of this <laughs> scene, but I did I did enjoy it. Well, so we should say when they're searching through the trash, they find you said tortilla. I don't think it's a tortilla. I think it might be like a coffee filter. Coffee filter, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they and they and they ask, "Is this your hair?" And he tries it on. Dave fully tries it on his head to see if it is his hair. And they all consider it, and maybe it is, but it turns out yeah, no, it's not. The tone and and restraint throughout the whole thing is is super funny. Let's watch a little bit from this next sketch called The Conversation about a breakup between Mark McKinney's character and, and uh, Bruce McCullough's character. Jeremy. Yeah? Isn't it great to be single again? Oh, yeah. I feel uh, good about breaking up. Do you feel good about it? I feel great about it. Good. Good. Yeah, I think it's smart that we uh, never did anything stupid like get married, you know? Yeah. Because then we would have done something stupid like have children. <laughs> what a disaster that would have been. Yeah. You a father. <laughs> so, uh, are you still uh, planning on having kids one day? Oh, I'm sure I'll have a family one day when I meet a mature partner, yeah. <laughs> well, you better hurry up. So it's basically just like a kind of a passive-aggressive argument between two, pe- two characters that just broke up. Um, yeah, who's where, better yeah, off I, after the breakup, sort of, right? Who's, in who's the better off position. and like who, yeah, who, yeah, who won the breakup and who's like, uh, who will do, uh, who basically just who's a better catch, I guess. I, I thought this one felt like it could still be done today. Yeah. But it didn't feel like a sketch. So, I mean, you know, it didn't feel like an SNL sketch, I guess, but it felt like. It felt it, like it another felt like thing that just sort of like anchored by the performances. Like uh, parts of it did make me laugh, not really because it was like a hilarious sketch, but just that they were both delivering the whole scene very well, I thought. I think one of the like funny things is he's like saying he's going to send something to her, which I don't remember anymore. And she's like, send it to your brother, to your best friend's house where I'll be up on top of him. <laughs> Very funny escalation of the fight. I don't know. It made me laugh. I yeah, I liked it. I I, I thought it was. I, yeah, they, I agree. I mean, it, it, uh, Mark McKinney and Bruce McCullough did a really good job of playing these characters here. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I I do think this one is mostly about the performances and that until they kind of get into the like sex competition part, you know. To me, it sort of just felt like them sort of just being mean to each other, uh, and I was not fully on board. I was kind of like, okay, like where where is this going? Then they got into the sex competition, and then that led to the moment that you mentioned to me, which I also did really like. Um, but yeah, I I agree. This a lot of this is on the on the the weight of this is on their uh, performances because I'm not really like sure that... what the what the premise was, other than like, yeah weird breakup or whatever you know it kind of seemed like something that could have been improvised and then kind of transcribed i did it, like this it did feel like that i did like this line from mckinney when they're seemed like they're about to call a truce and they go in for a hug and he goes to hug her and he says well thanks for a great relationship <laughs> he goes in and hugs. i don't know why that made me laugh uh just so stupid um yeah i don't know i thought this one was kind of basic if if that's okay to say it just felt a little I don't know, like it must have been done or I've seen this kind of thing before. It, I was waiting for some kind of wrinkle or something to happen or them to kind of escalate it a little faster, but as I think we've mentioned, so it was okay. I have a question for the Kith experts. Um, so this set, is this like a set that they've used before or is this a fresh set? I think it's a fresh set. I think all my, pretty much like 
they rare. It seems like they rarely reuse uh-huh. these like s- stage sets. Sometimes well, they like really shoot like on the... a location and and like reuse the location. But yeah, you, you, what were you gonna say? Zach? I I like the specificity of of the room they've chosen for this for this couple. I, I, yeah. I it is very. Um, I agree. Well, like set dress. There's like a the little blinds. exercise bike and a mm-hmm. and a sort of sad plant, and it's very muted colors. And I, I do like the the environment. It does look a they, lot they like do a... They do a very good job of dressing these sets. You're right. Yeah. This one, though, does remind me of like a set from a 90s sitcom. You know, it's like kind of looks like Roseanne or... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And McCullough's character kind of looks like it belongs in Roseanne. Yeah. It's just the way it's, I don't know, <laughs> dressed and maybe it's just the time period. Well, so we've been talking a little bit lately about their fashion. Did you guys notice any good fashion <laughs> Any and this sketch? in this episode? Not this sketch for is me. this a good fit? Is no, no, no that's not good. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on. Well, no, it's it's not. I mean, for the character, I I think it is. Um, so she's other, wearing like other, a, a. This a was kind of a funny skirt. moment where she's kind of saying like McCullough does a great job here. I, I think it's a great McCullough episode overall. But that was a funny beat where McCullough was like, "You're gonna be missing all this. Like you can only touch <laughs> right. this. And like and look at the used to be able to touch this. You can't anymore. You can only look." <laughs> I thought he did a great job with that. Um, well, yeah. let's move on to this uh, next little piece, which was a lot <laughs> shorter than I. I, I yeah, this one I had questions about. <laughs> well, okay. We know Let, what your question first, is going to be because we'll it's everyone's it. question about this character. Okay. So this is called Buddy Colon Wood Nymph. Love nature. I especially love the animal kingdom. Oh, look, a wood nymph. Ooh. Now that's something you don't see every day. Well, I do. So that's the whole sketch. Zach, usually uh, Buddy Cole, is he's a recurring character. and he Okay, just, that was my question. That was my question. But you, right. in every other sketch, he delivers a, a, like a five-minute monologue about right. this is, some topic. This is a total, total outlier for this character. <laughs> and he's never like on location at a log cabin. Here, this is a film no. sketch, a film piece with Buddy Cole. He's, usually he's like, he's, it's on stage and he's sitting in a bar. Like a bar, like a bar, a set, and and drinking a cocktail, and here, yeah, he's he's drinking, well, he's drinking a glass of champagne. It looks like in front of a log cabin, talking about this wood nymph character played by Mark McKinney. Uh, it was bizarre. Is 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 does wood nymph? Is that like some something to do with like the home the gay scene at the time? I, I have no I don't idea. Think so I think it's supposed to be a literal wood nymph. <laughs> I think that it's like. I mean, this sketch really so, made me laugh because yeah. it was, and I am not a Mark McKinney fan. I often find him really off-putting, but this episode he really won me over because the whole. You famously said you famously say he has bad he vibes. He has bad vibes, but <laughs> I, think, I think in this episode he just is so funny in every one of his choices and the way he comes dancing out. So for the people at home who can't see it, he's butt naked except for a leaf over his penis and a pair of glasses and he comes out from behind the tree in the most bizarre body dance movement i don't know it just really fucking right. made knee, me knees laugh bent, so knees bent kind of clicking his heels yeah, yeah very odd very odd and the expression on his face too like yes half embarrassed and half like proud and excited like very kind of yeah i i but does the punch to nick's point is what is the punchline mean exactly like i don't think it means anything i think he's saying well it doesn't I, mean anything i okay. see people i see naked men all the time you know because i'm buddy cole yeah, i guess so i that's what okay. i assumed but i okay. thought maybe there was i thought maybe there was like some kind of double entendre there but that i guess not double. i guess it was just yeah i see wood nymphs i i simply knew that i did not have the tools to understand <laughs> this sketch i knew it right. was Either a sketch a watcher is only as good as this a tool. reference or something, but I knew I'm unequipped to really understand what's going on with this. <laughs> I mean, we. That reminds did. me. That reminds me of. Uh, I'm looking up something right now. A text. Uh, yeah, my my friend Naomi. She went to school to become a chef, and uh, and she said that when when somebody doesn't like something that you make as a chef. They, they 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 don't say I don't like that. They say, I think I don't understand this flavor, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a yeah, great uh, way of uh, of reacting to 
to anything. So maybe it's, yeah, I, I think I that don't applies this on game. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to uh, the next sketch. This is called Anecdote. And this oh is. Oh my God. Would it, okay. surprise, <laughs> would it surprise you guys to know? Would it surprise you guys to know that this is the d- debut of a recurring character? Oh no. <laughs> wow. Every, it's always like the worst sketch of the episode. Because, like, I, you're going to be seeing this I, 10 I more like times. <laughs> I, usually, you're dead right, Amade, that recurring characters are the worst, but. I, I kind of dug this one. All right, well, really maybe it. it's not the character we think. <laughs> well, no, it's it's the debut of it, Danny Husk is Scott Thompson's businessman character, and this is the first sketch he appears in. They call him Danny. Like he he becomes kind of a pretty different character. Like ah, anyway, let, let's watch a little bit of this uh, this scene from from uh, anecdote. So, I actually leaned out of the window and yelled, "Good night." I mean, this is five stories up, too, you know? Oh, it's hilarious. And Tom, he didn't know what to do. Well, did he yell anything back? No! How could he? There's nothing you can say. I'll say. What an incredibly bad anecdote. Got uh, Jared, it sounds like you like this one. I'm loving it. I mean, I don't know what it is. I... It just feels like in my wheelhouse, this kind of nothing office moment of them kind of like him sort of not getting a dumb joke and then trying to one up him and just bringing so much commitment to such a nothing moment in life. I just really liked it. And the fact that he just never let up. I mean, the, the, the moment with McDonald that we just watched where he's like, boy, what a bad anecdote. I don't know if that was my favorite route. I kind of liked it when he was just hammering it home when he goes back with Foley and they prank call him and he does says it again. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, I just I, really liked it. I thought it. this, so in this opening, this is a little bit of him in the opening of the sketch. Good night, Danny. See you Monday. Ah, oh, you're going home? Yeah, I thought I might. Why, are you going to sleep here? No. <laughs> I meant because it's five o'clock you did started cleaning your desk yet. Oh, I see. You were making a joke. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Very good. See, that's that's kind of what the Danny Husk character is that he keeps uh, bringing back. It, it, oh, it I, cha- I okay. feel like it changes into a totally different character in the when they when he's at the bar and then when he's later uh, back at his house with with Dave Foley's character. Yeah, I, I really love this character. Like, well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what what he turns into. I, I guess I'm just judging this in and of itself. But I, I kind of just liked everything about it. I, 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 it made me jealous that you know at UCB we didn't get to do as much kind of spanning time and space on stage when you're doing a sketch. In fact, I remember pretty clearly. I think it was Michael Delaney who essentially instructed us: <laughs> if you're writing a sketch, only have it in this single space. Don't fast forward. Don't rewind. Don't go to a different place. The whole point is the scene needs to kind of be contained in this one area. And, uh, you know, there's reasons for that, I I, I guess. But um, and I know this is film, so it's a whole kind of different thing. But, man, to just watch this play out in, in the way that they did it, I just I just loved I just loved how they the, the, the beats they chose for this. The fact that he goes to a bar. I just thought it was I was surprised with every scene change. Uh, within the sketch. Uh, May your rebuttal? My rebuttal is I felt <laughs> like the game is uh, making fun of people who have no sense of humor. <laughs> like I just that's what I interpreted <laughs> the game as. Uh, and they are okay. always like kind of ragging on businessmen for just kind of being lifeless and dead inside. So that felt like a continuance of that theme, but more specifically the humor thing. And it was just like kind of annoying. Like it didn't make me laugh that he had a bad sense of humor. It was just like annoying as talking to someone with a bad sense of humor would be. <laughs> it wasn't funny, but there were like a couple things in the sketch itself that did make me laugh. I thought it was funny when Dave Foley showed up as the drunk girl and he relates the anecdote to her again and she goes, "No, you didn't. Men are such liars." <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was a very funny He was reaction. incredible in this sketch. And I also like their like kind of silly slapstick kiss Pratt fall at the end where they're like leaning into a kiss and keep falling asleep and then waking up and trying to kiss again. Let's watch a little bit of Dave Foley in this sketch, I guess. <laughs> he waves. I couldn't believe it. No way. Mm-hmm. No, that could never happen. You're no, lying. No. Okay. They're such liars. Yeah, liar. Okay, here, take this. <laughs> Zach, there do you was, have any thoughts on this one? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, when I first watched it, I actually really didn't like it. I was like, kind of just like, I tend to not really love sketches that uh, go to too many different places just in terms of like, I'm always trying to like track like, okay, well, what is the bit here, you know? Um, but upon rewatching it, I really like it. For some reason. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't really explain it. Um, something about seeing it again makes me like, I, I think, appreciate it for how little happens in it, and like, yes, you know, I don't know, and and I think something you were saying, Jared, it, the way he kind of like his character picks up, up on this one thing and then becomes a little obsessed with it over the course of the evening, it reminds me of like almost like a Tim Robinson-esque character, but... Yeah, totally. But, like, turned down to, like, a two, where, like, <laughs> his energy is not at that level, but just, like, his obsession and his, like, I'm going to keep bringing this thing up. So something about seeing it again and discussing it has now has now made me love it. <laughs> totally. I agree with the comparison to Tim Robinson. You felt like the commitment was there in a very similar way. Just, just the... The commitment to that single thing, and then I, I think all these physical moments that we're talking about the the, fo- the Foley stuff. I mean, Foley has a thing at the end where he tosses the phone after he makes the prank call <laughs> in a very kind of just like nonchalant way, like flips it up in the air, which made me laugh. He does a move at the bar where like someone orders a drink and then he like slaps like like he holds the drink up in the person's face to make them chug the drink. Uh, I just thought he did so much great work in this. Um, but yeah, it's no. It's similar to the to the sketch that we just watched in the restaurant. Um, this kind of se- like the underplaying too, the tone throughout. Yes, like no, yes. You know, there's such a crazy. It's a, such a crazy, weird premise. But no one is acting as if they're in a crazy, weird place. Everyone is acting pretty dead serious about what they're doing. Um, well, Scott Thompson said he started doing this Danny Huss character because Dave Foley told him he would he'd make a very good straight man, and he didn't really play a lot of straight man characters, so he kind of wrote this one. To I be agree. a straight straight man. And Zach, uh, Jared mentioned that he kind of did like a prank phone call in this scene. Have you ever done prank phone calls? Um, I, you know, I, I want to say yes. I feel like I must have because I there was a period of time where I thought the idea of them was funny and like would listen to them on <laughs> E-Bombs World or whatever. Um, but that, I don't think that was ever like a huge part of my life. Okay. Okay. Uh, May, it seems like maybe you would do prank phone calls. Am I am I totally off base there? Um, <laughs> I cannot implicate myself. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> you you, you don't do want to reveal remember. even one detail? <laughs> well, that you did make me remember. There was a time when I was very young. I want to say like six or seven or something when... And I don't know how I thought of this idea, but I realized that like I could pick up the phone and pretend I could place a call and then tell my family that someone had called. So I called 911 <laughs> and I told my brother his friend was on the phone and his friend had called and gave it to him. And the cops were like, what is going on? <laughs> And then they called back and were like, we got a 911 call from this phone. And, and I, to me, that was very funny as a very young child. <laughs> that That's, did you get in trouble? Like, what happened? I did. I did. Yeah, it <laughs> so it's not being funny. It's <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. My mom told me a story was that she thought I was pretending to be on the phone and I was like talking on it. And I was like, hey, hi, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And then eventually she like, picked it up and there was a woman on the other line like i just randomly <laughs> dialed a number and it was like an older woman just talking to me <laughs> so, like, so not so much a prank call just, <laughs> no, just, just a it's a lonely little a girl friendly reaching out. call with a stranger yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay That's jared wonderful. i assume no prank calls in your history and let's watch a little bit from <laughs> groovy teacher great okay let's get to know each other let's rap okay uh, you, why don't you tell us something about yourself? Uh, well, my name's Larry. Bullshit! <laughs> that's right, I said bullshit. Because that's what that was. That's why I'm going to call it whenever I hear bullshit. And I expect the same courtesy from all of you whenever I talk bullshit. Now, Larry may be the name your parents gave you, 
But that doesn't make it your name. So it just kind of keeps going in that direction. This is kind of like a, a stock character at this point. Maybe it wasn't in 1990. I don't know. Yeah, I would say uh, the game they're going for is too cool teacher, right? Like they're just like what like a cool teacher, but just in all the wrong ways and amped up too much. It, I, I see what you're saying there. I feel, but I feel like it's like they took they tried to take that cliche and like run with it and turn it into something new. But well, I thought they were pointing yeah, out how that. like inappropriate it is the fun teacher. Like it's not. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I thought they were making fun of the idea of the fun teacher and like pointing out how. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's like not. I mean, they were mocking the trope, certainly. Yeah. But you mean like in in the real life per- examples? No, I mean I don't think they were I like guess it's one and the same mocking the trope so much as they were pointing out that anyone who behaved this way would probably like be a predator. Uh, <laughs> like, I, like I don't know. I don't know if yeah. you ever had a cool teacher, but they're always kind of on the line of like what is okay to do around young people. I think. No, oh, maybe it's different for guys. I don't know. Am I crazy no, to I think th- though that the that like the parody of the cool teacher is is uh that's that's done a lot it been done a lot no. lately? I don't okay. know at this point, maybe. Is that was that what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna agree with you, Amay, that like I think you're right that oftentimes the cool teacher then then like years later you're like, Oh, n- none of that should have been happening. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, oh yeah. It's awful yeah, but in respect. I didn't I didn't clock that when I was watching this, but I I think that makes a lot of sense. I mostly just laughed when he spelled just his name, which was very easy to spell on the, <laughs> on the chalkboard. That was Theo, yeah. Uh, yeah. Theo. Zach, did you have any cool teachers growing up? Um Yeah, I mean not not really. Like cool ones who then in retrospect were like kind of pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> There were obviously there were teachers I liked, but none nothing like this man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything that comes you, to my it's... mind are cool teachers. Oh, uh, you want to? No, go ahead, go Jared. Yeah, I wanted to ask him, well... but I guess we can talk to Jared first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, no, I I thought that uh, anytime I think about cool teachers, it's like kind of how we're alluding to it's it's like gross. It's like people who ended up like you'd hear like oh they were trying to date a student or something. <laughs> Or like, oh, they were trying to, I don't think I, you know, there was ever any like, oh, like, let's do drugs together or something. But it was always like a young, kind of weird guy who at the time you'd think like, oh, yeah, like he's young and cool because you'd have no reference for like anyone that age. And you would just kind of, I guess, look up to them just because they're older and you would assume cooler. Uh, Also, by comparison, it's like. You know, it's terrible when you're in a situation and like all of your teachers are, you know, super old or crabby or whatever and the cliche in the other way. And then you have someone who kind of by default, if they're just a certain age, I think gets by with a lot of disgusting shit <laughs> because they're just cool by comparison. Sorry to take um, it into a serious dark place, but. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you grew up in New York City. That seems like a kind of place where you would have like these kinds of cool teachers. We had a lot of cool teachers. I think the coolest teacher we had was Mr. Pulver, who eventually married one of his students. There you go. (laughs) There you go. go. Every time. Every time. time. Anyway. The sketch, Um, I thought, was, you know, okay. I mean, I really liked, again, McCullough. I thought he was the highlight. I thought this, like, read on on, uh, when they say that McDonald's character is gay and they ask her and she's like, I had no idea. Like, it was just a really funny read. Um, Also, like, in the background, Mark McKinney being the actual gay kid was a very funny moment. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, very funny physical stuff when he was trying to not say anything. I agree. He he had a good It was also funny when Dave Foley takes off his tie and says, no ties in here. And then Mark McKinney's character, (laughs) the kid, has to take off his tie. I kind of thought that was going to be the sketch for a while. Like all of a sudden this like guy who's just trying to be himself would be called out for all the shit that he happens to be doing. Um, but no, wasn't that. Uh, what happened? Zach, any other thoughts or should we close it up? I wanted to say something about yeah. Kevin McDonald oh, though before. Okay. Well, Zach, you go first with your fan. Well, which one is Kevin McDonald? The guy in the stripes. Big, in the big, front. Hair, He's big there, hair. Right there. Okay. Gotcha. 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 No, go ahead. I had nothing to oh. add. <laughs> I'm just going to say at the end, they start calling him Stefan. And I was like, maybe this is the origin of SNL Stefan. Like, he just became oh. a gay party boy overnight after this event. <laughs> a little, Does a little the time, prequel. The, yeah, maybe the, I guess the timing doesn't line up no. quite right. But <laughs> could be. <laughs> Let's well, just throw it out there and accuse him of stealing the idea just for fun. That's the yeah. last sketch of the episode. Zach, did watching 
kids in the hall make you reflect on your own comedy in any ways? May that I? That's a great question, question, Nick. Um, not really. (laughs) Uh, Not really. I mean, it did. It did make me just reflect on just comedy for the most part. You know, not not necessarily aging poorly from a like oh this is offensive now point of view but just like you know i know this show is by many people considered like pioneering and and it's so important to a lot of people and i think probably a lot of the sketch comedy i've watched since this came out is influenced by it so a lot of what they're doing i've kind of like already seen the evolution of it Mm. so then it feels when you see the original it feels like oh this is kind of uh a version of something I've already seen, but they were doing it first. So coming at it from someone who had never seen it before, uh, I just did kind of think about, you know, any comedy from what is this now? 30 years ago. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> wow. That, that I had not done that. That hit him hard. Just this moment. <laughs> it, did. it really did. It really did. 30 years. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it is always interesting seeing older comedy and being like, oh, the DNA of that is in is in things now. 100%. Yeah. Um, well, Jared, do you want to do your little song? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's the sketch of the app. It's the sketch of the app. Come on down. It's the sketch of the app. And Zach, if you haven't so- figured it out, this is our special segment. Where yeah, Nick is going to describe what we no. do. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, okay. I, I was just going to say this is this part of the episode where we talk, where we each say what our favorite sketch of the episode was. Uh, mine was the hair loss sketch. I thought that one was. Uh, mm. I actually like this episode. I, I think I liked every sketch in this episode. Uh, but wow. that one was my favorite. Even this episode. one, the teacher one. I thought it was fine. I mean, I didn't hate it. Oh, okay. I thought it, I, I was laughing. Yeah. I well, maybe I wasn't la- LOLing, but I certainly wasn't LMFAOing, well. but. I, I I thought it was. Uh, thought Were it was you raffling? Were you on the floor? I was raffling. Yes. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, what about you? We'll save Zach for last, our big guest. But uh, what about you, Jared? You know, I mean, it's a dead heat between um, uh, hair loss and um, you know the the, the sketch with uh, Thompson and the uh, and the joke that he didn't get um, and one upping the other guy on the joke. Uh, you know, I, I wax poetic about that sketch. I went nuts over it, so it'd be a little odd for me not to choose it. Um, so I'm going to go with it. I like that okay. one. Uh, one. But a so strong, got... strong second place for hair loss. Really like that. One too. vote for hair loss, one vote for anecdote. May, what did you think? Well, I would say overall, I actually enjoyed this episode a lot more than any we've watched in a while. Like, I laughed out loud several times, which often does not happen. Did you you ruffle as well? I ruffled, and I had to change my pants, and then I watched the rest of the episode. (laughs) What, was there dirt on the floor? (laughs) Yeah, in my pants, in my pants. Oh, okay. Um, My favorite, I think my favorite was the Buddy Cole thing, just because Mark made me laugh so much. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think every every sketch had something I laughed at, like one moment. But that one, you know, was just so short and sweet. I could. I, like, was it a? Did the McKinney one like the McKinney reveal? That was I the biggest so. laugh. Really of that? Made me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> I just sometimes laugh at very stupid physical comedy. It gets me. Sure. Okay, Zach. So we have one vote for anecdote, one vote for hair loss, one vote for wood nymph. Um, <laughs> you can either break a tie or you can introduce a four way tie. <laughs> what, what was your favorite I, sketch? I will be introducing a four-way tie. <laughs> wow. You got to come up with a better because word my, for that. <laughs> my favorite sketch was uh, pretty, not by a huge, uh, by a pretty wide margin was the opening sketch about the author wow. with writer's block. That one made me laugh. And I also, I'm kind of a sucker for like um, meta-ish stuff where like the author is writing about his process of writing and just like I, I don't know something about that always always gets me but that was my favorite one now did so I, I i threw out at the beginning that i thought the the first minute and a half of that sketch was completely unnecessary and boring did you guys <laughs> did you or zach you thought you were okay with it yeah i was in from the beginning on that one i think partially having never seen the show before it was just like i was still like ooh, okay what's going on you know um but yeah, I I I didn't that whole sketch I liked. Wow. Okay. Hey, well, 
that's a, I think that's a first, a four-way tie. Yeah. Is it a first? Unbelievable. We'll have to check. We'll have to listen to every episode and find out. I'll get on right on. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to consult. We'll have to make a wiki and then consult the wiki. Yeah. We should probably um, start taking notes about these episodes for some reason. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, for some reason. All right. Right. Work. <laughs> exactly. Wait, Thanks so was for, there, oh, was yeah. there any sketch not chosen? Oh, yeah. The breakup, right? The breakup, yeah, the breakup wasn't one, chosen. The baboon. And, um, oh, and the baboon. baboon. Yeah. <laughs> But see, baboon ass was the moment of the app for me. Ooh, oh, the baboon ass. The joke yes, of the app. Joke we might need a new segment. Yeah. The second beat of the baboon ass was the joke of the app for me. Joke of Actually, the app. It's the joke of the app. Mm-hmm. We might need that. Yeah, we might need to start doing the joke of the app. we need a new song. I can't listen to that song quite. <laughs> I was singing a new song. That was, that was different. I said joke. That no. Sounded like a real melody. Oh, okay. I see. I, now I get it. Remix. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Zach, for joining us, uh, for talking kids in the hall, for watching an episode, and for, for being you. Got any plugs, man. Zach? For you doing anything you. fun? Thank yeah. you for having me. I do have a plug. Oh. The, there's an Apple TV show coming out February 18th called Severance. Oh, my God. That I am in. Uh, and I think it's really good, and I think it. People will like Zach. It, so I want to say so I'm not just saying this it. because you're on our show or because I know you, but I would watch that show anyway because it is really 100%. my shit. It looks creepy, and Adam Scott is in it, and I will watch anything he's in. <laughs> so I think you'll I'm like really it. Excited I think about you it. will like it. I yeah. haven't heard about this. I'm excited. Really, you got to go and check out the trailer, man. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I still got Apple TV. I got it for a year for free after I bought my laptop. So. Perfect. <laughs> you, you, just in time. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much. And until next time, keep crushing those heads. <laughs> <laughs>